0: How's it going, Victory Church? Good morning, good morning. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the incredible privilege to pastor this church, and if you're visiting with us today, we want to say welcome. This is a great day to be here, a great day to be visiting this Sunday and next Sunday, there's a lot happening, and so Zoe's already touched a little bit of it, but let me just kind of go back over it. First of all, if you are visiting, we'd love for you to text to connect or go out to the Welcome Center, fill out a connection card. We'd love to just be able to uh, connect with you and see how we could get you more involved here at Victory. But after service, there are multiple things happening that I want to reiterate. Number one is the small group fairs. So last week, you had these handouts. I'm not sure if they were giving them out to you this Sunday or not, but they had the handouts of all the different groups. And so when you walk out of service today, there will be six different Tables that I I hear some tables have some snacks and some things to kind of bribe you to come listen uh, to what they got going on. So go over there and check it out. You'll be able to. We got groups meeting in Murfreesboro, in Smyrna, in Nashville, in Laverne, and uh, all over the area uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. So you can literally whatever night works best for you. We've got young adult groups, we've got women groups, we've got groups that are going through my sermon, all kinds of different things. So there's a group. For you look at the person beside you and say there's a group for you so do me a favor uh, after service go check them out if you say hey I'm just too busy today do it next week uh, and so that'll be going on simultaneously with that is growth track all right everybody say growth track <laughs> If you've been through Growth Track, would you put your hand up for me? Let me see if you've been through Growth Track. Growth Track is our newcomers class. And so, if you've been visiting during this series, you want to learn a little bit more about uh, the church and the history of the church, you want to learn how you can get involved in the church, this is the class you want to go to. So, it's right after service, it'll last about 35, 40 minutes. Um, If you have children and V kids, they can stay there while you go through the class. And don't worry, you will have time to finish Growth Track and then come out and touch base one of those small group leaders they'll be here for that time they know that we might have some people going through Grow track so if you've been new you've been coming for a couple of weeks go check out growth track first and then come check out small groups if you've been through growth track go check out small groups first amen y'all good all right are y'all gonna do what I said yeah. all right we'll see if you don't then we'll lock the doors and you'll be stuck here until next Sunday all right there <laughs> we go um Along with all that's happening, I I always love to take a moment and just say thank you to everybody who supports Victory, whether you support through your tithes and offerings or through one-time gifts. Because of your financial support, we're able to do so much, not just in the building, But outside of the building and so as you saw in the video if if you're looking to give you want to give how do I do that you can do that by texting uh, the number I don't have the number on the screen necessarily but we'll we'll work on that Uh, you can do it by visiting our website but one of the easiest ways you can do it is by dropping something in the bucket on the way out we always like to take a moment and just kind of share where your uh, resources are going so I want to invite Miss Janelle Douglas up real quick she is the director of Empowerment Incorporated come on put your hands together As she's coming, I want to share a little bit about what we've been able to do so far this month. So let me hand you this and then I'll come right back to you. So you just stand right here and make me look better, okay? Just stand right here. Um, I don't know if you make me, maybe you make me look worse because you're so beautiful. I don't know how that works. All right, your husband's buff, he'll beat me up, so let's watch out. Um, so all month we've been kind of focused on schools, giving back to schools. So week one we were able to give out school supplies to the community through a Southeast community day. The next week, we were able to bless the teachers at Rock Springs Middle School, which is our school. It's the school that we started our church in. We were able to pray over them and feed them that day. And then next week, our goal is to pray over the teachers in our church. So if you are a teacher and you're a part of our church, you need to let us know. You can do that by putting on a connection card. You can let us know at the Welcome Center because we'd love to bring you up next Sunday before the sermon, pray over you, and just kind of prep you for the rest of the year my teachers are you are you doing all right you surviving teachers so far um, but as you will go through our church on this wall right here there are um it's 10 i believe or 10 right now ministries that we partner with and empowerment incorporated is one of them janelle is the director of empowerment incorporated and so i wanted her just to share a little bit about what our resources are going to this year and then get excited about what's happening through her ministry going to share a little bit of, real quick for us
1: thank you so empowerment inc is a youth development organization we focus on middle and high schools in this area so southeast nashville that's your antioch cambridge and Glencliff clusters and our primary focus is to help students create post-secondary plans so when they get out of high school they know exactly where they're trying to get to and how they're going to get there um, in 2020 there was a statistic release that in 2019 only 44 percent of MMPS graduates attend college So we are here to try to stand in the gap for those students and help them make their way to college. And if they choose not to go to college, also create a plan to a sustainable career. So Victory has uh, partnered with us for about three to four years now. So we're really excited about that. And you've supported our Empower University program, which is the program that I just explained. Um, But we're really excited this year because we are launching our Bright Futures Fund. And this is actually gonna be a fund to help students pay for college applications, ACT tests, anything that we can do to remove a barrier to college. And so we appreciate your support.
0: Love it, love it. So again, now watch this. As you guys are giving towards victory, obviously it's going to allow to provide us to do ministry like this, but then it's impact. There are kids being impacted in regards to ACT testing, college scholarships that you don't even know about. And then on top of that, you got something going on this year called a bowling fundraiser share that real quick and then i'm going to give you an opportunity to bowl you'll
1: see what i'm talking about Go okay so on october 22nd we will have our annual dream big bowling fundraiser this is a great event it's really fun um and we have teams of five so you go out um you'll practice a little bit you'll bowl one game and of course we have prizes for the winners it's a bowling event but it's also a fundraiser so the grand champions are the team who Bowls the most uh, points and raises the most money. So once we calculate that, it's a really, really great event. It's family-friendly, and we would love to have your support for that. And you can find all the information at DreamBigBowl.com.
0: DreamBigBowl.com. Now, listen, I've already guaranteed that Victory is going to provide one team, maybe two, depending on how many of y'all do this. If you're a bowler, let me know, all right? We're going to put you on a team, and we're going to win this, all right? So if you're a bowler, come let us know so that we can get involved with Dream Big bowling empowerment incorporated there we go thank you come on give it up real quick for Miss janelle yeah love her love her family her husband everett uh they do so much here at victory and we just love being able to partner with local ministries local organizations that are doing things here in the community you know that our church kind of has a wide range of impact obviously we planted the church in smyrna now we've moved into antioch and so we're able to have uh, influences in Smyrna, influences in Antioch, and again, because of your faithful giving, we are able to do these things. As she said, we've partnered with them now for three or four years, and it's because of your faithfulness. And I just love for you to know where your money's going. I love for you to know that you're already making, live, making impacts in lives that maybe you don't even know about. So thank you so much again. If you say, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to continue to give and support Victory. There's multiple ways to do that. A website. uh, You can do online giving and then as you're walking out the door today through the bucket. You guys ready? I think there's something going on today called At The Movies. Is that right? At The Movies. Week three, if you're visiting with us, this is week three. Every year we take four weeks, and we just kind of sit back and have a good time taking today's blockbusters and bringing out biblical truths from them. We get to eat popcorn, have Coke, and just have a great time. And so, again, we did week one was King Richard. It was a Will Smith movie, and we talked about our identity in God. Last week we did Encanto, and we talked about how we are not our gift. And today is we're going to kind of go back for a minute, back to the 80s and so on. Uh, let's see how many of y'all recognize this movie, you don't know what it is, uh, um, but uh, do me a favor, open up your popcorn, go ahead and pop your Cokes, let's get them popped, and then check out this movie. Come on, let's hear it for the lot. Man, take you back for a moment to the 80s, I'm an 80s baby, anybody here an 80s baby? 1984 in the building. Uh, we chose this movie for a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons is because of how it shows community. I mean, our whole concept is this main character, Smalls, him and his family, they moved to this new community, and we all know that the biggest issue as a child was having a group of friends. And so whether it was in school or whether it was when you relocated or moved to a different neighborhood, you had to have a group of friends. That's what mattered. And so in this movie, when he hooks up with, as the trailer said, the coolest guys in the neighborhood, everything begins to shift because now he has community. And as I was building this message, I was thinking about this. The, the older I get, the more I realize that the best moments in my life are less about what I did and more about who I did them with, right? Like it's not so much, just when you start to think about it, when someone asks you about what's some of your greatest memories or, you know, what's a childhood memory, it's less about what you did and it's way more about who you did it with because you can do some fun things and them not be fun If you do them with the wrong people, right? Or you can do some things that are not fun, but they can be fun if you do them with the right people. I was driving with Veda the other day, and she was sharing with me a memory of hers, of her birthday parties when she was four or five years old. And during that time frame, Darla and I were children's pastors, and we we had this community of, of people, young adults, young marrieds that we just did life with. And so we did kids ministry with, but then we spent all of our time with them. It's probably I don't know, 15, 16 people. And when it came time for her birthday, she was our only child at the time. All of our friends would help us put on her birthday party. So for example, she had a Jake and the Neverland Pirates birthday party. And all of our friends dressed up like the characters. Somebody dressed up like Jake and the Neverland Guys, somebody dressed up like Captain Hook. Like, it, it was amazing. We would do a safari, and people would dress up. It was just, we were having this conversation, and it was cool to think about how this was a special memory to her, but it was only special because of the community of people that we had in our life. And here's the deal. More today in our culture, we've traded memories for media. We, we, we've traded smiles for statuses. We've traded conversations for comments and we've traded love for likes, right? We, we've moved away from community. I was thinking about this when I was young. Now, again, I was born in 84. I'm 37 years old. So let's just say when I was 15, 16 years old. So if I could do the math really quick. Uh, what is that, about 2000 maybe? 2000 and 1999? <clears throat> I remember I was talking having a conversation with my mom about this. I would be three or four miles away from our house, right? Parents both at work. No cell phone, because they didn't exist then. might have had, like, the car phone, but you didn't have the cell phone. And we would be in a ditch somewhere playing, at, like, three or four miles away from our house. But it was all about who you were with. We, we would be with our little posse, our little circle, whatever you might call it. And that's what it was always about. The, the, the shows we were watching were all about community. Whether it was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Full House or Family Matters or whatever that Boy Meets World, it was all about community. It was all about your friends. That's what life was about, the people you were hanging with, the people, your community. But then it kind of seemed like every generation, it kind of got further and further. You know, fences started going up, garages. We started trading front porches for back porches. You know, all of a sudden, there was all of this self-service, self-service bank, self-service restaurant, self-service grocery stores. You know, now we're at this point now where it's this online community. That's kind of where we're moving next is that everybody wants you to have a stronger online community than an actual community. And it just got me thinking, y'all, Jesus had 42 months from the moment his ministry began. He had 42 months to build disciples, to do miracles, to turn the culture upside down, to save the world Anybody in here tasked with saving the world in the next 42 months? No? Cool. He had 42 months to save the world, yet Jesus still found time for relationships. This was still a priority for him because his business is and always was relationships. So in this new culture where we're too busy and we're moving away from it, Jesus would remind us of this. We Are created for community. You are. If we learned anything in 2020, we learned a lot of things. We learned that toilet paper is important, right? (laughs) We learned stay away from all things batty. Don't eat anything bad. Don't watch Batman. Like stay away from it all. But here's what we definitely learned that we can't stand isolation that we need community. And I'm telling you, I won't get on this soapbox, but I'm going to get on it for five seconds. The enemy has got us to a place where isolation is normal, and we forgot that we're designed for community. And so we've become lazy, and we've gotten into a kind of a rut, and we are missing out on something that God designed us for. And community impacts our lives. One of the reasons I love that scene is because you see the change in his attitude, right? He, he goes from not being important to not having any friends. All of a sudden, Benny the Jet Rodriguez includes him into his group, does that hat trade. And then all of a sudden, you see it totally change on Small's face to the point to where he runs into his house. Mom, Mom, I got to tell you something. What? I found my community. We are community-created creatures. That's what we are and we are in a culture that is trending toward isolation and individualism. Let me say it again. You are a create you are a community created creature. Uh, I'm an introvert. You still like community. You just don't want the community to be focused on you, but you still want community. And yet we're in a culture that's trending toward individualism and isolation. And as today's culture moves us further and further away from community, we as believers, it's important that we move towards community. Listen to this. Research says that when you and I turn 25, we start to lose our friends. They say the reason for that is because normally people will move for career, they will get married, and they will start to have kids And because of those three things, you start to kind of move yourself away from your friends. You start to lose certain friends. You don't lose all of your friends, but I think we would all, that are all of us who are 25 or above, we would agree. Life starts to change, and so naturally your ability to go hang out late at night with friends because now you have a spouse, or now you have small children, or now you've had to relocate because of a job. And so by research, us, all of us, you young people, you still got 10, 15 years, but us, those of us that are above the age of 25, we are already beginning to lose friends. Now, listen to this. Same like that, same, same time frame, same age group. They say it's the same part of life where we stop making new friends. They say because of the same reasons. We've got a good job that we stay in. We get married. We have kids. We become busy. So now watch this. At age 25 to 30, in that time frame, you are both losing Friends and no longer making new friends. My daughter, seven-year-old Casey Ray, makes a new friend every day. Every day somebody is her best friend. You know what I mean? She just met him. She'll come home and be like, Can I go over to so-and-so's house? We're like, we don't even know who so-and-so is. When's the last time you made a new friend? Right? When's the last time? And I'm not talking about, well, I said hi to the person in the line of the bank. No, when's the last time you made a new friend? So if if naturally in that age we're losing friends, and naturally we're not making new friends, what's going to naturally happen to our community? If we're not intentional, we're going to lose it. The first time that we hear God say or refer to something being not good is when he's talking about us, mankind, being alone. Think about that. The very first time, God's talking, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then he gets to us. He creates Adam, in case you don't know the scripture. He creates Adam, Adam without Eve. He steps back and goes, this is not good. Because we all know that man is no good without woman, right? Let's be honest. I'm just, you know, there you go, man. I set you up. You gonna have a good evening. But he just says, this is not good. It's not good for man to be alone. So I got to thinking about this. Now watch this. The first problem ever recorded in the Bible was not sin, it was solitude. Think about that. For God to create mankind and say, "Mm, this is a problem, he should not be alone, says that the first recorded problem in the Bible was not sin, but it was solitude. For you and I, we have to be careful not to minimize something that God saw as a problem. We have to be careful not to allow culture to just push us into a place that God says, that's not good. That's not good. But you don't understand my season of life. That's not good. But you don't understand how busy I That's not good. But you don't understand, I mean, you know, COVID's still going. That's not good. It's not good for us to be alone. And before 2020, I think that was kind of the common understanding amongst people. Because even if they didn't have community in the church, they had community somewhere. But because of what's naturally happened in our culture, we've gotten used to it. Because let's be honest, for a year, we couldn't hang out with people. So it just became normal. And I think if we're not careful, we're going to allow something that's not good to become normal. In Luke chapter 5, we see an example of this, the power of community. And what's happening is there's this opportunity where Jesus has come through town, and Jesus has this reputation of being somebody who heals the sick, and so I'll let you read it, verse 17 through 18. It says, one day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So now, here Jesus is. He's teaching. The rumor's getting around town that Jesus can heal, that he does miracles, and watch what happens. Some men show up, Carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, and they tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. So here's this man who's paralyzed, and because he's paralyzed, he cannot get to Jesus. So without community, he can want Jesus all he wants. He can desire to be in the presence of Jesus. He can want to be made better, but without community, he cannot get there. So here's Jesus teaching, and here come these men. Think about this. Think about the inconvenience. Think about the discomfort of having to lift this grown man. Have you ever tried to carry a man before? Right? Some of you get tired. I'm with you carrying your kids. Like even your kid puts your hip out of place. You know what I mean? And they're carrying a man to Jesus, showing us the power of community. You and I get to experience real change in our life when we make it a priority to be surrounded by the right community. You and I will see real change in our life when we make it, there's so much in this, a priority to be surrounded by the right community. I don't have to show you or prove to you that community impacts our lives. We know it does. It's just a matter of whether or not we've surrounded ourselves with the right community because you can surround yourself with the wrong community. The happiest people that I know are people who have clear community, not because they don't face problems, not because they don't have struggles, but because when they do, they do not face those things alone. The happiest people. If you know somebody who's really happy then you can attest to this. They have clear community. It's clear who their friends are, who their circle is. Because when you have somebody around you like that, you do not go through things alone. And in that conversation with Veda, she reminded me of a story uh, one time back when Darla and I were youth pastors. We had, we had certain friends with us, certain people that we hung out with, and we were headed to Nashville For a conference, and so there was about three buses full of people, and we were headed down 40, I believe it was, and and we're almost here. We're almost to Nashville. And what had happened was a country music stars uh, tour bus had caught on fire in the middle of the interstate coming here to Nashville. So they had shut down the entire interstate to the point to where we had like turned the vans off, and we were all outside of the van hanging out on Interstate 40 because everything was at a complete standstill now one of our friends what came as a youth leader and he had brought a full head to toe gorilla suit that's what he had like he could put it on it was a full gorilla suit there was another guy who had come as a leader and he had brought a full banana suit All right. so he put on he was a banana this guy was a gorilla and so everybody's bored everybody's getting angry so they had the bright idea that they would go put on their outfits their costumes and the gorilla would chase the banana up and down the interstate (laughs) A hundred percent accurate story, okay? It it was so big, people were pulling them aside and taking pictures with them. They were trying to get them on camera. Like, it was amazing. But all of a sudden, like, this terrible situation had become fun. To the point that when traffic started moving, people were upset. (laughs) They were like, don't take off the costume. Keep chasing him. What I'm trying to tell you is even the worst situation It's better with the right people. And as as fun of a story as that is, I can tell you that those same people that made me laugh were there with us when we were going through tough times. When I was sick for about a four-month period, I remember those people would come over and bring us food to eat. So what I'm telling you is whether it's to make you laugh or whether it's to be there with you when you cry, real change happens with the right community. Put it like this. We all... We'll have a time of needing community. Uh, It may be celebration or it may be crisis. When it's a celebration, you need somebody there with you because you need somebody to be able to celebrate with. We got pregnant. I want to celebrate with. I'm getting engaged. I want to celebrate. You know, I got a new job. You you look around. You want community to celebrate with. You want people who genuinely are excited for you. It's why it has to be the right community, because the wrong community will be mad that you got advanced. But the right community will celebrate you. So you need them during celebration, but watch this, you also need them during crisis. And here's what I'm learning. If right now you're in celebration, it's only a matter of time till you'll be in crisis. If right now you're in crisis, it's only a matter of time until you'll be in celebration. Because it's just how the world goes. And that's why it's important to have the right community with you that can be with you to celebrate in the good times and hold you in the bad times Uh, I I think about and because of what I do for a living I I know a lot of people that are in certain moments of crisis and I always try my best to not just be there with them when things are going good you know what I mean not just celebrate when they serve on a Sunday not just celebrate when when they bust their butt so that we can have church but to be with them when they're going through tough times because that's real community can I just be honest with you for a second? Let's touch on this. In our culture today, many people serially date churches. It, it's this concept that they never stay in one place very long. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll come here and check this out. Oh, I don't like the music. I'm going to go over here to this one and check this out. Oh, I don't like the preacher. I'm going to go over here and check this one out. Oh, I don't like the air conditioner. I'm going to go over here and check out this one. You know, And it's just, it's just in our nature today because we're driven by comfort. And we're told, especially in a media world, get what you want, get it quick. If you don't like it, oh, You can just change the video. So because of that, in our nature, we serial date churches. Or if that's not the case, watch this. Some will kind of stake their claim in a church, but they remain distant. Like that's my church, but I come and then I go. (laughs) I try to make sure not to talk to anybody. I don't get involved in anything. They want to keep these margins and they'll attend as long as something better isn't going on. Now what's the problem with that? Here's the problem is you will never have community. It's impossible. It's impossible for anybody. Let me me just give you an example. You ready? I go to Target probably about once or twice a month. Need something. I have never gone into Target and felt like I was a part of a community. I never walked in Target and people were like, hey, Troy, how's it going? How's Veda? How's Casey Ray? Because I'm in and I'm out. But you know what I've also never done? Been mad when I'm going through something and the manager of Target doesn't call me. <laughs> because I understand the situation, right? And so here's the, here's the mindset behind it, that we have to get invested. We have to deposit something in because how can you withdraw from something you've never invested or deposited. And so when you find, and it doesn't have to be this church, if this sermon offends you, I'm sorry. There's a lot of churches. But I think this is a great church. And I think if you get involved and invested and you deposit something in here, you can in the same way, when time comes, withdraw something from it. I like to brag a lot on Brett and Kristen Town. Brett and Kristen Town, Kristen was one of the worship leaders today. they moved here from Los Angeles a little over a year ago. I don't know where she went, so I can't affirm this, but, but a little over a year ago. Oh, there you are. <laughs> a little over a year ago, right? Okay. And if you know them, you would know that they, they're pretty involved already. They're they've pretty connected from hangouts and, and men's stuff and women's stuff and worship stuff. And I was just thinking about this for a moment this week, and here was my thought. They jumped in headfirst. You know what I mean? Like, like, like there was such a push from them to get involved. And now they have community, and they've shared before that, that one of the things they've missed for a while that now they have is real community. And I think, maybe you have it, and if you have it, then you're just amending this message because you believe it. But if you're sitting in here and you lack real community, then the question has to become, well, how invested am I? How much have I deposited Listen, y'all all know the bank concept <laughs> when you go to withdraw money from your bank and you ain't got none in it, right? And, and you know, it, it kicks back, right? It's an overdraft. It's the same concept when we go wanting somebody to be there for us, but we weren't there for anybody, right? There has to be moments where we are investing, where we are doing something to, to be able to include and to be a part of. So that when it comes time to withdraw, there's something there. And I'm, I'm just, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you. Because after service today, you're going to walk out and there's going to be an endless opportunity for you to find community. You can find it by going through GrowTrack and getting involved in one of our ministries. There are people all the time hanging out, doing stuff. Why? Because they serve together. Or you can walk out and go join a small group and be a part of a small group of people who are learning together and doing life together. The opportunity is there. I'm just challenging you. Don't walk out. Ignore it. And then wonder why when crisis comes or celebration comes, you don't have community. Because I'm telling you, in a world where the devil is after us, one of the best things you can do for you and your family is to surround yourself with the right community. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, if you're thinking about leaving the church because we showed that, I'm sorry. I just want to apologize. <laughs> pee drinking, crap face. Like, I, I, that's awesome, right? That's awesome. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I was like, we, this is an iconic scene. We have to show this or people will not like that we didn't show it. But I didn't just show it to laugh and so that y'all could hear that. I showed it for this because here comes the enemy, right? The enemy pulls up and what you see is the community. Oh, you see them all getting their stuff together. Let's go. Y'all remember that when you were growing up? Remember when some punk kid would try to come at you in the neighborhood? And you and all your boys, you know, it, was, it wasn't much of a fight. You know what I mean? But you and all your, or all your girls, whatever. I don't know if girls, if y'all fought like that. I don't know how y'all did. But, but boys, you know, it was always everybody getting together. I wish they would. Like, it's just something about that. And I love that idea as, as Satan's coming after us. Like, it's not just you, Right? It's all your boys or all your girls going, come on, let's do this. Like, you know, you know just looking the devil in the face and going, you pee-drinking crap face. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, I need to put that on a Post-it note and put it on the mirror. Call the devil that. You know what I mean? Sorry. I was really excited about it. <laughs> Look, we may not be able to choose what we go through, but we do get to choose and decide if we go through it alone. Right? You, you will never, stuff's going to happen to you that you're never going to see coming. One of my good friends, just again, was just having a regular day, and then his parents got in a car accident, and it shifted their entire schedule right now. You, you never know when stuff like that's going to happen, but you do get to decide if you go through it alone. You get to decide if you deal with that by yourself, meaning that community is not a luxury, it's a necessity. The Scripture says, that it refers to the devil as prowling around like a roaring lion. That's one of the ways it describes the enemy, to prowl around like a roaring lion. Now, if any of y'all are National Geographic freaks, if you've ever watched any of these shows that deal about roaring lions, here's what they're going to teach you, is that a lion that is prowling around is not going to attack a massive group of something. They are going to wait until one of those gets distant from the group And as soon as that one is distant from the group, they will pounce on them. Please listen to me. This is not a new system, okay? This is not a new way that the devil goes about things. The scriptures are literally trying to tell you how he operates. He does not attack you when you're surrounded by a great God-fearing community. He can't because he knows the moment he comes at you with a lie, they're going to say something about the lie. But the moment you've distanced yourself from that, well, I'm still surrounded by people, but are they biblical community? Watch this. Are they yes men? Do they just say what you want to hear? Are they people who pray for you so that when you are pulled away from it and the devil starts telling you something, well, here's how you should think, or here's how they view you, or here is there somebody that can step in and go, no, 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 no wait a minute. Don't think that way. Whenever we are separated from Community, do you know, all right, I wasn't prepared to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Do you know why all of the hate on social media was so impactful in 2020? Because we were isolated. We didn't have anybody there to say, that's not true. Don't, Don't believe that. We were isolated in front of a computer, and all we had to do was listen, listen, listen to hurting people hurt people. And this is what the devil loves. So while Jesus literally modeled for us close community, Satan says, no, 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 just have them online. (laughs) Just have some people that you call friends. Uh, I have like 1,700 friends on Facebook. I don't have 17 friends. You know what I mean? Like that's clearly a lie. But if we can believe that, we can become isolated, and then the devil can pounce on us once we are isolated. But when he, when he pulls up on his little bicycle, who starts grabbing gloves and jackets with you going, come on, let's go. Let's go. If you don't have somebody, if you don't have a group of people that are ready to fight with you, fight against the enemy and against the world and against negative thoughts, you don't have the right community. And when we surround ourselves with community, we can watch this. We can serve one another. We can uplift one another, we can resource one another, and we can protect one another. And while isolation intensifies pain, community will cure it. Let's go back to Luke chapter 5. I mean, I I was telling some friends before service, this is just a coincidence because God's great, but I got this jersey on, look at the number. And I'm preaching from Luke chapter 5. I just thought that was cool. It just shows you that God literally wants you to hear this, okay? I bought this jersey a long time ago. Didn't know I was preaching from Luke chapter 5. But watch what happens. It says, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. Now, remember, these people had carried this man to Jesus. They're trying to get him into Jesus, but it's so packed with people they can't. It says, they quit, laid him down, and said, we've tried hard enough. No, didn't, all right? What did it say? It said they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd. You do enough study on that? They ripped the roof up and lowered him. It's it's, it's a great episode of The Chosen if you watch that, when they lower him down to Jesus right in the middle of his teaching. But I just love this idea that this man had, had hit a roadblock. There was a moment, whether you want to call it a lie, that there's no room. Whether you want to call it just a life issue, he hit a roadblock that was going to stop him from getting to Jesus, and he had the right community. And they said, you know what? We're not going to leave you here. We're not going to come back later. They look around and go, we can tear that roof up. I want a community around me that tears a roof up. You know what I mean? That says, hey, we can raise this roof if we got to. Like, we can get you to Jesus. We'll pray for you. We'll figure it out. There is a way. There's always a way. But listen, the community that's going to help you the most is the community you commit to the most. And still today, the hardest thing about committing to community is that we're busy. Right? Like, like, Put it like this, community's a cute concept until you start counting the cost. Right? Like you ever been talking to somebody and you're like, hey, let's go hang out, and they're like, yeah, let's hang out. And then you text them a couple of days later, and you're like, hey, you still want to hang out? And they're like, "Ah, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. Because in that moment, it was so cool to say yes. Yeah, let's do it. Because in their heart, they really do want to hang out. But a couple of days later, stuff's happened. They looked at their schedule. And now to be able to make it happen, you know, they got to come out of their PJs, you know what I mean? they got to turn off Netflix, and it's like, ah, oh, it's raining outside. Some, some people aren't at church today because it just, it just looked dark outside, you know what I mean? And it was like, ah, oh, I don't know about that. Like, ah, that's a lot of cost, you know what I mean? And so it's a cute concept. Community is, is a great concept. Like, oh, I want some friends until it's going to cost us something. The best way I can explain this is what I'm still going through today, and it's the idea of getting a family dog, right? We are still talking, for some reason, my family is still talking about this, and I have put my foot down as the man of this household, that there will be no dog or any kind of living animal. I have two living animals. They're enough, you know what I mean? Don't need any more, but we'll start talking about it, and then Darla will be like, but baby see how Casey Ray plays with the dog and I'm like no and here's why y'all all know this that Mike Veda and casey they're gonna want this dog they're gonna wanna cuddle up with this dog they're gonna wanna pet this dog but at five o'clock in the morning when that dog has to go outside or he's gonna pee in our living room they are not getting up to walk that dog I'm getting up to walk that dog so it's a cute concept, but when we start actually counting the cost, everybody's like, whoa, whoa, my in-laws got a dog recently, and we'll go into Memphis every once in a while to visit them, and the other day, we were, we were there, we were visiting, I'm in the kitchen, my wife's there, their dog is laying on my feet, and I looked at her, and I said this, every time we come in town, I can't wait to, her name's Diamond, can't wait to see Diamond, I said, but I'm also reminded on why we will never get a dog, <laughs> right, like it's that cost, Can I tell you what commitment cost us? It's going to cost us our busyness. For a lot of us, we we just can't commit to connection because we're too busy. You'll appreciate this story. Uh, The directors, so we have about 15 directors. It would be our volunteer staff of our church, just an incredible, incredible group of people that do every ministry. They lead every ministry that you see that happens here. Uh, We meet. We meet for sure once a month, and we go through all the planning for the next month, devotionals, different things like that, Scheduling. And we were meeting uh, this past week, and I've been wanting to get us together another night of the month just for fun. So I bring it up. uh, Once we're done meeting, I said, hey, guys, I'd really like us all to get together and just grill out burgers and be together. So can we look at the calendar, and can we put something together on the calendar? And they're like, it's about 12 of them there. Some of them couldn't make it. And so everybody starts pulling out the calendar, and we start looking at next week, okay, just so you're clear. That's the week. The last week in August is when we start looking. Can we get together and just cook some burgers for a couple of hours? By the time it was all over, we landed on the weekend before Thanksgiving. (laughs) How stupid is that? (laughs) That's how busy everybody is. Like there were moments where people like, you know, can you do this day? Yeah, yeah, I can't. There was one day, uh, everybody's going around, and everybody in the room. Darla couldn't make it because Veda had a school thing, so it's just me representing our calendar, which is a disaster. And so it's going around the room, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that day, that that day, that day day works. And I didn't want to say anything because everybody was so happy because we were making progress. And Erica knows my schedule, and all of a sudden she goes, "Uh, "That's when you and Darla are coming back in town." And I'm like, "Oh, come on!" Like we couldn't figure it out because we were so busy. Listen to me. The cost of connection is high, but it's better than the alternative. It's better than going through a crisis and not having anybody to turn to at all. It's better than getting to something to celebrate and realize you don't have anybody to celebrate with at all. Like, I understand it's a high cost, but it's not as bad as what it could cost you if you end up dealing with the enemy without a good community connection without commitment it's casual and casual connection doesn't lead to life change connection without commitment oh yeah we'll get together hey we'll get together sometime we'll get together that's connection without commitment and that's casual and it's fine you need to have casual relationships but casual relationships are never going to lead to life change How many of y'all remember doing something borderline illegal with all your friends growing up, right? Like, there's just a huge issue, but yet it's fun because you're surrounded by the right community. <clears throat> uh, when I was growing up, when I was in youth ministry, I say when I was growing up, I started attending youth ministry at 17 years old, and I remember my youth pastor would always say, show me your three best friends, and I'll show you your future. If you've been in church long enough, you've heard it. Show me your three best friends, and I'll show you your future. I believe that today. Listen to me. Victory Youth, show me your three best friends, I'll show you your future. I still believe it today. All of my 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, show me your three best friends, I'll show you your future. I think it's that powerful. I think it matters who you hang out with, who's in your community. But I I shared this with some of the church years ago, and I wanted to kind of reiterate, there's a lot of new people in our church, and I, I just think it's important that years ago, I, I wanted to start studying this concept. Because when you follow Jesus, Jesus always had his 12. Like there's moments where he's speaking to, you know, massive crowds, and then there's the concept of 72 and all, but then for the most part, we know him as 12, the 12 disciples. And if you really study deep, you'll see that Jesus hung out with three, that there was 12, but there was three that he just really kind of clicked up with, that he hung out with more than the other nine. I'll show you be some scripture on the one. I watch this, Matthew chapter five. Then he did not let anyone else go on with him except who? Peter, and James, and John. Okay, Matthew seventeen. After six days, Jesus took with him who? <clears throat> Thank you. The brother. Of <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> going up to the mountain of transfiguration. Matthew twenty six. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons. It's all throughout scripture. You got these 12, but for whatever reason, Jesus always hung out with Peter, James, and John. These three more than he did the nine. Once again, showing us that there's something about the impact of your community. So I kept studying it like, God, what's the deal here? Why Peter, James, and John? And I don't know if you caught it, but watch this. Did you see it's the same order every time? Peter who? right? You you don't see John, James, and Peter. You don't see Peter, John, and James. In every verse, it's what? Why? Like, Jesus, what were you trying to show us about community? That not only would you have 12, but you would really have three, and that those three would be Peter, James, and John, and that every time they're referenced, because everything in the Bible matters, it's Holy Spirit-led. So why would you make sure to always say, Peter, James, and John. When these authors sat down to write, why would the Holy Spirit say, no, no, no. Put James before John. Put Peter. What would be the reasoning? So years ago, I did the study on this and shared it with our church. And it's been life-changing for me in the concept of community. you got to understand that back then, names meant something. Like when you were given a name, it's because of what the name meant. Nowadays, we tend to just name people for whatever reason, but some people still do it today where they said this name means so-and-so. But back then, in Jesus' day, that's why you named people something. And I think Kristen mentioned it, that Peter means rock. Like, it was always about what names meant. So watch this. Let's go, let's take Peter for a second. Peter, that name means rock or stone. When you take the Hebrew translation of that, it means law, okay? The name James meant supplanter or to be replaced, Okay, so law replaced. Watch this. John's name meant grace. So when Jesus walked around with Peter, James, and John, he constantly kept his purpose around him. That he was there to make sure that law would be replaced by grace. That's what he was about. That's why it couldn't be James, John, and Peter. That's why it had to be Peter, James, John, Why? Because when Jesus walked into a situation, he was reminded, I'm here because law has been replaced by grace. It's important for us to have the right community so that we can be reminded what we are about. We're about Jesus. And because of Jesus, law was replaced by grace. That's what matters. It matters who your community is. It matters who you're surrounding yourself with. Because there's going to be times in celebration and in crisis where you need to be reminded about what you know about the gospel and about Jesus. Do me a favor, stand with me this morning. I'd like to pray over you. Worship team, I'm going to invite you guys up. I want to pray over you, but then I want to kind of charge you and challenge you. You've heard me talk now for, I don't know, 45 minutes about the power of community and the importance of community and how it's going to cost you something, but you need to pay it anyway. I want to challenge you that as you walk out today, do one of those two things. Go to Growth Track, find the Dream Team. Go sign up for a small or If you're not going to sign up, go talk to somebody and just get more information about it. Maybe go home and talk with your spouse about it or process through it, but I'm telling you, it's an important Thing. We're going to have this same situation next week and I'll talk about it again next week, but I just believe it's kind of an on-time thing. I think it's cool that all this stuff is lining up the way it's lining up so that you could find community. So don't just walk out of here and it'd be a good concept. Don't walk out of here and go, I'm too busy. Guess what? We're all too busy. But you'll always make time for what's important. And I'm telling you, It's important important if you're in here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior the Bible says you believe in your heart confess with your mouth and you'll be saved which means before you even go out and talk about a group or go into growth track you can accept Christ as your Savior I would love to walk with you through that so I'm gonna pray I'm gonna pray for you challenge you and then when I say amen this team's gonna start to sing and I'll be right down here for just a few moments if you'd like to talk about salvation, I'd love to talk with you. If not, again, I challenge you when it's over to walk out there and find the right community so that you can experience real change. Father, we thank you right now for your word. I thank you that it's so relevant today that this concept of Peter, James, and John means something to us today, that you modeled for us someone who cared about community, that you modeled for us being surrounded by a, a large crowd like this, down to 12, down to 3 even down to 1 and that we would see that today that we'd see what's happened as a result of 2020 and that some of us in here we just kind of need a reset we just need a shift we just need to be reminded the importance of community for that person that's sitting here going I don't know anybody, this is how you start to know somebody for that person who says I went through something and nobody was there for me This is how we make sure that doesn't happen again. For the person who just went through something that was awesome and didn't have anybody to celebrate it with, this is how we change that. Father, move in this place. Every week I like to say I can preach your word, but I can't change your life. In the same way, Father, I can preach the importance of community, but I can't move their heart. Only you can. And so my prayer right now is for every person in this room that you that needs community, that they would find it here today. Have your way. Press this message loud and clear in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray.